What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Super Scope Podcast. Your wrap up in this week's biggest gaming stories, leaks, and rumors. We're back with episode 35 uh, on June 19th, 2022. This uh, month is flying by. Uh, I am your host, Retro Game Dude. And of course, joining me as always is uh, my co host, Dice Aurora of Phoenix Aurora Gaming. And feel free, if you're here live, to join in the conversation on Twitch and in Discord. And if you're watching this on YouTube, tap and like that subscribe button uh, and let us know what we missed. If there's anything you want us to cover um, or if there's anything uh, you'd like to cover in the, uh, us to cover in the future, let us know down in the comments. Uh, you can also find the audio version of this podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Um, Without further ado, Daisuke, how the hell are you doing this week? Good. Great. Um, nothing crazy. Doing some of the charity stuff on Friday, so. Yes. Yeah. This is your, uh, if you want to pitch it, talk. let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing um, charity stream Friday. I did one today, and I'll be doing one this coming Monday and Friday, and then I'll be out for vacation for about a week. Um, I'm going to be back in like the first week, like for the rest of July and everything, mm-hmm. well, for the first half of July. Um, St. Jude charity stream. So all the money goes to St. Jude. Um, St. Jude's a great hospital service where they take care of kids and they don't charge parents bills. They, they put money into like making sure they get their health care. They put money into making sure they're like taken care of and supplied food. They'll get parents housing nearby or hotels. They'll do what they can to keep the family close if they're like, Kids are facing a terminal illness and stuff. Like and everything, just comes out of whatever they make from charity. They don't charge the parents anything. So, um, really great for for a lot of reasons, especially the pandemic and everything. They've been busy, and uh, I'm sure it's expensive to be doing what they're doing. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing uh, crowd control streams where players can or viewers can uh, donate to the charity and get coins in exchange, and then use those coins to interact with the games that I'm playing. Um, to humorous and detrimental effect, often. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, sometimes, like, dude, you made one of the boss fights today super easy. You were just like, here, long nail, and I was yeah, like, yeah. whack the dude into the corner with it. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. But um, it's great fun, and it lets you get, it lets you uh, interact with the stream in a way that you normally can't, um, and also raises money for good cause, so it's kind of a win-win. 100%. They are, uh, St. Jude does what the rest of the medical uh, healthcare, the U.S. healthcare system should be like in the first place, but pretty but, much, yeah. But it's great to see it. You're doing this for a good cause. So, uh, anyone, make sure you tune in on uh, it's Daisuke, no, it's Phoenix underscore Aurora underscore Gaming on Twitch. Um, if you can get out your wallets, great. If you can just turn it, tune in for views, that helps too. It helps the algorithm, helps them get visibility. Um, yep. we'd hope to see you there. So. I threw some money at him. Oh, you get prizes too. So tell us about the uh, um, potential for prizes. So we've got ten uh, Phoenix Aurora like gaming charity buttons with a logo on it. So the first ten people that give at least five bucks are going to get a button. We've got um, every Monday and Friday when I'm doing those games, we'll be doing um, random like raffle of like a bottle that we're going to make, like a just a regular little bottle with like a symbol on it or character from the game that we're playing. So like tomorrow is Mario three, so I'll have the Super Mario like three Mario with the tail flying um, in black vinyl on a bottle. And um, we've got a painting at the end of the entire thing we'll be giving away uh, also on a random ra- uh, raffle. So, uh, yeah, there's plenty of incentives to get out there and donate and uh, get something out of it, too. On top of the crowd control stuff you can do, too. There's a, there's a whole bunch of things to make it interactive and, and entertaining. And and, uh, and even if you don't want to donate and you want to hang, hang out and watch or come by, 
Um, you can just hang out and chat with us. And there's even, like, I have channel point stuff, too, so, like, you can watch me for a little bit, and then you can also do things like ban an in-game action, or you can make, you know, funny pop-ups come up on the screen. I've got surprise guests, and I've got destroy Dice K that does all kinds of cool shit to me. <laughs> so There's no reason for anyone to viewing to be bored. That is for sure. Right. That's the idea. <laughs> so, yeah, come on by. I've been harassing him with random um, things. Sometimes they help a lot. Sometimes they're an absolute hindrance. Uh, the Mario 3 thing was hilarious. Uh, I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to mess with him, but then you're just like, it's like instant death. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Dude, the lightning attack got me so bad today. Oh, I felt late. so bad. I'm like, oh, it's going to give him a lightning attack. And <laughs> there was no lightning attack. It got him. Oh, it was great. Good shit. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the state of the stream. Last night, of course, we had um, Jackbox. And we had a pretty big turnout um, for the most of the part. We had some issues at the towards the end of the night i should have just ended the stream at midnight like i normally do um so a we weird thing where it's like we get like trolls that come in and mm -hmm. like the one handle is like uh i'm not gonna give the exact handle because i just don't want to deal with it but it was like effectively like twitch sucks and it's like it's weird that not only are you part of the problem of why twitch sucks or if it does suck i'm not saying it does but mm -hmm. you choose to be on that venue like, like, if I go into, like I said last night, like, if I go into, like, a restaurant or a bar or any establishment I don't like, I don't stay. <laughs> like, what, like, why would you, why would you say if you go into a Walmart, you hate Walmart, why would you go there? You, you just go there with a bitch. Like, right. it doesn't make any sense. And then to, like, say a bunch of dumb racist shit, um, anti-Semitic shit. Oh, yeah. Was stupid. Um, and then, yeah, it was interesting. And then the turnaround, be like, oh, imagine modding for a channel. It's like you're the reason anyone had to mod anything tonight. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're part of the problem. And I think they they were just mad because we were, they were immediately deplatformed, and they were just bothered yeah, we, about it. So, I say we we literally engaged the modding service just to interact with those three people. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. It's I, I would say I mean we go weeks and weeks with weeks without having to do any mod stuff on my channel. So. It is mm -hmm. what it is, I guess. But, um, yeah, moving on. <laughs> um, this week, we do have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Tuesday and Wednesday. That'll be at 9 <clears> o'clock <throat> Eastern Time. Um, that's going to mm -hmm. be a six-player co-op. And I've seen uh, a quick like quick preview of someone else playing um, six-player co-op, and it's incredible. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ready for it. It's going to be great. So, yeah, we're going to have well, a, we're gonna pack the house. We're going to have six players. Hopefully six players. Everyone... Um, Everyone's confirmed, so they, they better all turn up. So it should be a good time. Um, and of course, we'll be back next Saturday with Jackbox, and of course, next Sunday with the Super Scope Podcast. Um, so are you playing anything interesting this week? Um, well, I played Turtles earlier. Mm -hmm. um, that was fun. I didn't play very much. I did like maybe two or three stages. I didn't want to go crazy with it. But I, I played a couple stages, got a feel for it, and put it back down. Mm -hmm. Um up Claire? Claire's in the audience. <laughs> um, I did that. I did on Mario. I did Friday. Uh, on on Mario, I did Friday. On Friday, I did Mario three for the <laughs> NES. Yeah. Um, that was the first charity stream. I did Hollow Knight today. That was part of the charity stream as well. And tomorrow, I'll be doing Mario three again and finishing it up because I'm on like World seven. I can't imagine. I did six worlds in one night. I imagine mm -hmm. the last two won't take that long. Famous I mean, last words. <laughs> yeah, I would say, World 8 is, is like kind of nightmarish, right? So maybe. Um, 
And then I think Friday I will be picking a new game to play that I'm not sure what it will be. I think on my schedule card I wrote it down as Mega Man X because I think I can knock that out in one sitting, I think. Nice. Pretty sure. Pretty sure I can knock it out in one sitting. We'll see. That's so, cool. you know, all that stuff. Um, I mean, other than that, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Final Fantasy, Destiny. We did nothing the crazy. Duality Dungeon this week. Yep. Um, we finally found time to do that. Um, oh, yeah, knocked it right out. Weirdly squishy uh, for the for my playthrough. I don't know what happened there, or but the first time we ran it, it was like not anything. I had zero problems. I don't know what my problem was. Maybe I was just off having an off night. Yeah, um, it was. Um, I the only reason I know that I'm I'm not squishy in that dungeon now is because I've got my build set up with like classy restoration. So I have like healing when I get a knife kill, healing when I dodge, mm-hmm. and the dodge restores my knife. So even if I heal with the dodge. And I something goes wrong. I have the knife again to throw the knife again. So like, and then the knife getting the hit gives me the knife back as long as I get a kill with it. So like, I spend ninety percent of that dungeon invisible and regenerating health constantly. And so maybe we're all maybe we're all really squishy. And like me and Daimyo on the solar builds are just eating it with like all the pets this season for healing. I think it's just geared towards solar, and I refuse to do it. I think so. I think that's really. No, what I, it is. I understand because I know that I am way more survivable right now on my solar hunter than I would be on the other two. Mm-hmm. classes because or the other two uh like void stasis whatever because i can literally just chain the solar knife if i miss the knife throw it stays as a grenade that i can like draw enemies into and then it blows up that spells me and it heals me um the dodging gives me my knife back and the dodging procs its own healing i've got multiple ways to heal now it's like hunters actually I, have I think, stuff in their kit that's useful now right right that's, that's it, nice it, made, it made solar hunter really good it's just i think like even on dan's on solar titan and I think it's the same thing. He just bounces the hammer off everything, and it causes it procs regen. And then yeah. his barriers proc regen because of his, he's wearing the exotic helmet. He's not using classy restoration. The helmet gives you like the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, but he's got options too. And I think that's the thing. I think it really is tooled around the survivability this season. Seems to be coming from all these restoration procs. Yeah, and I, I'm not into being like a healer warlock. So solar just does not right. interest me whatsoever. Yeah, um, absolutely. I only I'm get... gonna run. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, next time I'm going to go in there with a healing grenade, because most of the time my grenade, I don't even use it for much. I just whip mm. it at things randomly. But I can, Hunters have a, uh, Hunter Solar has a healing grenade now, and it's hit procs on self, procs on allies, so I might just bring that next time, because that'll give us all a little bit more survivability. Yeah, I have a problem with using my grenades for anything that's not offensive. Like, my offensive grenades on my walk is a huge part of my kit, and it's like, it's, yeah. no, it absolutely. just feels bad to not have that. Uh, sure. Yeah, my hunter. I pretty much literally just use them as like they're there, I guess. Because like the mm-hmm. hunter solar grenades have always been like the little one that breaks up and picks a bunch of targets and doesn't do much to any of them. Right. Or the one that sits there and it burns in place and it's great if you catch like a boss with it and they don't move. But most things like immediately leave that circle. Yep. So there's been a lot of times I've been just giving up the grenade and having it as a healing option because it turned. But that was before I had classy restoration though. Sure. So I don't know if I need it anymore. And Claire, if you want to get oh, no. back into Destiny, oh, you, you know where to find us. So we're um, oh yeah, we're playing it on PC. I think she got it for PC. I think that's where she switched to. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. So her PlayStation Four is just, I think, seconds away from catching on fire. Oh my God! Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, also, big quick announcement on the stream and Discord. Um, we have a new mm-hmm. member of the mod team. Um, Lovey Ray Jinx has joined us on the mod team. Uh, if anyone knows her from Jackbox Play, she's been a part of our community. Ironically, mm-hmm. since we had a, I would say, a large departure 
um, right after that, she kind of joined the community and, and has kind of been filling that void. So it's good to have her as part of the community. Um, so everyone in the Discord, welcome her. And um, yeah, she okay. Claire got it for PC, uh, but she, mm -hmm. she'll she I, I can see her being a big help. She's always been she's already been like a big part of the community in the first place. So I'm excited to have her, and I'm the rest of the mod team is too. So except for Dice, <laughs> hate it. So done. <laughs> nice. Um, well, I'm out of here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> friendly, friendly, friendly rivalry, but it's uh, it's good stuff. Um, so yeah, this week uh, I've been leveling up my bard in final fantasy 14 it's almost at 90 and mm -hmm. we have been playing destiny obviously we just talked about that and um played teenage mutant ninja turtles so good um there's so yeah. much fan service in this game it's not even funny they have Dude, like it, yeah go ahead it just it, the game feels like it's pulled out of the 90s everything yep. about it the design the aesthetic the sound every single thing about that game feels like it just it feels like if I saw a trailer for that game and someone said it was an undiscovered or like an unpublished game that someone had kicking around one of their computers that they never put out, mm -hmm. I would absolutely believe it because it's literally one of those games. It's yeah. literally it's one of those games. Yeah, they did they did so much incredible, re so many like reachbacks to the arcades, to the old Nintendo and Super mm -hmm. Nintendo games. Um, they did a lot of fan service with like I guess there, there's like toys like from like the toys that weren't necessarily in the cartoon, they're in the game. Mm -hmm. um, there's all kinds of other like throwbacks. I like the way that they pace the bosses. It's not like you run into the bosses once and then that's it. Um, there's kind of a story that actually plays out, and you can actually like be like you run into Bebop and Rocksteady. Obviously, they're always like the first bosses, but they kind of you keep keep encountering yeah. them later on. Um, so yeah. it's it's pretty cool. I, I really like that. The soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal, and I'd expect nothing less out of T. Lopez. Mm -hmm. um, they did the Sonic. He he did the Sonic Maniac soundtrack. Um, oh yeah. And the soundtrack kind of seems like it sounds like you cut know, somewhere between like Sonic Mania and Mega Man X. And I, I mean, that's that's where you want to be. Yeah, video game music for an action game. Hell yeah. So, um, I I'm calling it. I don't think it's. It's a hundred percent a game of the year contender. I'm not saying it's going to win game of the year, but it deserves to be a game of yeah, the year. Yeah, we know how those things go. It's yeah. not a triple A budget game. It's not gonna be up on the contention probably. Right. So I just I mean it's getting rave reviews on Twitter. I haven't yet to see one person that's like, Well, this game's not great. Um yeah. even with like Elden Ring, where there were some people there's people out there who just like, meh. Um you're one of them. And yeah. that's fine. I think I think a big part of Elden Ring's problem was that it's it's a niche game that got widespread exposure, which mm -hmm. a big part of that is going to be like like if you make like you know if you make a really good basketball game and I'm talking like a stellar basketball game and it somehow catches fire with the entire gaming community and everybody wants to try it, a lot of people are going to come back from that game and be like it's not for me, I don't like sure. it. No matter what you do with that game, there's like a lot of people who are just going to be like oh I want to try that and then they're going to play it and they're going to be like oh this is not for me. Mm -hmm. I think we'll see that happen again with Silk Song because I think Hollow Knight was a small title, like an indie title that got popular over time, and a lot of people fed into that game. And now everyone's really psyched about Silk Song, and media is running with it. Nintendo does a thing where they talk about Silk Song, people lose their minds. Xbox probably offers them like like uh, support or money for Game Pass, and part of the deal is to get a trailer for Silk Song in there, which they put right up front. They know people are excited, right? And and now a lot of people who've never even heard of Hollow Knight are like dying for Silk Song, and you know what's going to happen? They're going to pick it up, they're going to play it for 15 minutes. They're going to die to the first cotton lady three times, and they're going to be like, game's trash, bro. And right. they're going to give it a, like, a two on Metacritic. And we're going to see it get like, you know, good scores, and then like a bunch of people being like, oh, I can't stand it. It's, not... it's probably going to do the same thing Elden Ring did. It's probably going to have people who are not meant for that game 
like dislike it or whatever. Sure. Um, um, what was like the tree guardian in the first first area? It's like um, oh yeah, people were just people. making fun. And of, like, a lot of people were like, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, mm-hmm. I played a, a good chunk of the game, probably like, the first quarter of the game, and I just got bored of the right. play loop. I, I just like, yeah, All right. that's fair. And I just I don't know. Just yeah, I knew that I would because I I played Bloodborne, which I consider to be like the best of that franchise that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I've only I played Bloodborne like probably halfway through, a little more than halfway through. The other Souls games, I didn't play any of them, but I researched a lot of them. I watched people play them. I watched breakdowns of them when I was at ACS working on a Souls like, mm-hmm. and so I have a good idea of how those games work. And I think Bloodborne did it the best up until Elden Ring. And when I watched people play Elden Ring, I was like, it looks fantastic. But it looks like less Bloodborne and more traditional Souls, and that's not for me. Like even Bloodborne was pushing it for like what I enjoy in a game. Sure. Um, it, it but just, I think Elden Ring's formula was. It felt like a very unforgiving Skyrim. That's really what at the end of the day. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know. It was okay. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I get what no, people it's, like. It's, yeah, well, it's one of those things where it's like it can be a great game and like like. You know, I can tell people all the time, like, Celeste is one of the best games I've ever played, and there's people out there who are going to be like, I just don't like games like that. And yeah. that's fine. It's definitely not for everybody. Um, I mean, obviously, a game like... It's a bad example on my part, though, because Celeste is, like, not... Celeste is a very approachable game. It's literally jump, grab, dash. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Elden Ring is a very complicated game with a lot of systems and a lot of... And Elden Ring goes out of the way to not tell you things on purpose, and that's part of the appeal to the group that it appeals to, is, like... Oh shit! I don't know what this even does. What am I doing? When a lot of people are like, "This is dumb," you know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, like we talked about it with Dark the other day. Like when a show starts in the middle of the story, and then you don't know what's happening, and you have to piece it together as you go. Mm-hmm. Some people love that, and some people hate that. And that's like Elder Scrolls. Like they drop you in the game, and they're just like, "Do stuff, have fun. If you die, it's great." Right. And we've been trained as gamers for thirty years that dying is like a, a fail state, right? So a lot of people can't shake that. Like. If I died, it's bad that I died, and I shouldn't die. And if I keep dying, then the game's not great. Um, I mean, I have actual gripes with Elder Scrolls, obviously. And not Elder Scrolls. Wow, that that was a joke. Elden Ring. That's Elden cool. Ring. You said it twice. Um, I, I figured I knew it. I knew what you meant. Did I really? Yeah. Wow. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> I just I still have built-in problems with Elder Scrolls Five, I guess, from not getting to actually play the game. Um, but no. So I, I just think Elden Ring has a lot of like. Um, if it wins Game of the Year, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't if either. If it doesn't win Game of the Year, I wouldn't really be surprised either. I would be right. like, you know, if it goes to, like, if Forspoken turns out to be really good, or if it goes to, uh, what else came out? Horizon was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even, like, I personally would give it to, like, uh, the Crisis Core remake that's coming out this winter, but I haven't played it. <laughs> and I know it's not going to win because remake games like that almost never win no. because we played them. We know what they are. Right. Um, Claire says maybe I'm a bad player, but, like, I like games that I can win in. That's fair. But see, that's the thing. A lot of people play games for, like, the power fantasy, right? And mm-hmm. an Elden an Elden Ring-style game is the opposite of the power fantasy. It's it's being weak and pathetic compared to your opponents and having to overcome that. Mm-hmm. And that, while it's not like it's a bad thing in its own, a lot of people are not here for that. A lot of people don't want that. Imagine, like, nobody wants to play Mega Man X. Not nobody, but, like, most people don't want to play, like, Mega Man X and always feel like they're significantly weaker than their opponents and have to, like work way too hard to overcome them. Sure. You want it just to be right so that you feel like you're growing in power and you're outpacing your opponents over time. Right. Um, but that's, of course, the, that's the typical thing. So uh, a lot of people who like to invert that typical thing like Souls games. That's why Souls has that community of, like... Gatekeeping? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's they gatekeep, but there's also, like, this sort of... That's why it's got that difficulty, like, 
we like how hard it is. We like the pain and the struggle. And that's fine. That community gets locked to that game because that's what they like. Yeah, right. exactly. You know, um, even the old Mega Man games are like that. The old Mega Man games, original Mega Man, has that problem. And yeah. I will be finding that out when I do it for the charity stream. <laughs> yeah. Because Mega Man 2 is not a pushover game. I remember it's that. It's not. It's not. Yeah. But, but yeah. So that was my that was my gamer psychology course for today. <laughs> nice. $200, please. Sweet. I'll send you the textbook. You don't have to read it. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um... Well, let's keep going. Uh, social media accounts, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at GameDudeRetro. Uh, I'm very active on Twitter, not so much Instagram. Um, Twitch and TikTok, Retro Game Dude, of course, I'm very active here, not so much on TikTok. Uh, I try, but it's I just don't have the goddamn time to make stupid videos. Um, I hear so that's, that's where that's where we're at with that. But hey, we can talk about our sponsor, um, Handheld Legend. For all of your retro gaming needs, like putting backlit screens. Oh, the the, the green light, the, the green screen has fucked me again, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does not like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, they throw they sell gaming mod equipment, um, throwing color back screens into like old school games, Neo Geo Pocket Color, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, um, new shells, replacement shells, stands, the whole nine yards, everything that you need as far as like retro modding is there at Handheld Legend. Uh, you can use Retro Game Dude all one word at checkout or handheldlegend.com slash retro game dude uh get your first order ten dollars off i get a little taste of that and i can reinvest that money back into the show um so we can do cool stuff like have 90s laser green screen backgrounds so please look forward right. to it <laughs> so let's get into let's get into some quick headlines here um destiny 2 cheat creators uh, come to a $13.5 million settlement, which roughly broke down to, I think, about $2,000 per download. Um, yeah, so they fucked themselves there pretty good. So hmm. that's a good time. Um, I don't I don't feel sorry for them one bit. They practically ruined the game on the PC, so fuck them. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't find sympathy for people who do things like no, that. It's not like... at all. Um, Sonic Frontiers <laughs> interview. Uh, fans don't yet understand what this new gameplay is as uh, the development team, which is a, a weird take because they control everything we see. Look at his face. I love it. So you, you can, he, Sega controls what we see of this game. And what we have seen so far is kind of weird and not great to say the least. <laughs> I think my biggest gripe with that whole thing is like, not only do they control what media that we consume from their game. So like they showed this, that, but like, me and you said, I think me and you sat here and watched a few minutes of that video. It's not complicated gameplay. It's like not. he runs fast. It's you can joint. You have like a boost. Mm -hmm. You have like the jump. You have the ability to like circle enemies with the dash, and then it creates like a, an area of attack inside that zone if they're if they're circled correctly. It looks like because you can circle objects too and like trigger them that way. Mm -hmm. Like, and then you have the homing jump, which has always been there, and then you have like that one series of lightning kicks that he can do that does a bunch of damage or something that I'm guessing is triggered a certain way or maybe you can just do it on a bar. They didn't show how you get to do it, but sometimes he just started kicking like crazy mm -hmm. and doing like the sonic kicks or whatever. Um, nothing about that is complicated gameplay. We've seen some iteration of all of that. Like this isn't like, they act like they're like 40 chests out here and they've created entirely new concepts of playing the game that we can't even like gronk in our head yet. And it's like, no. You gave us a Sonic game where the dude runs fast, which we've had, and you can circle enemies, which cool. You gave us like the Pokemon Ranger mechanic, that's cool. And then like 
the multi kick, which great, Guile's proud. What like what do we not understand about this? What do you, you don't understand the gameplay. We understand the gameplay. We get it's it. It's fine. There's just nothing like, there. You can, <laughs> you can see it. Like I don't know. I, it just bugs me that they do that framing instead of just being like. If they had come out and been like, we get it, that it looks like it's a weird location, mm-hmm. and it, it's more fun when you get your hands on it, I would at least accept them being like, it feels better than it does to watch. Sure. That, like, to play it than just to watch it. I would at least accept that as like, okay, well, give us a demo and we'll try it or something. This is like going backward. This is literally pointing at the people that you want to convince to play your game and being like, you guys don't understand it yet. Like, who who did you that think you guys won over with that thing? Help us understand it like, They're like, fans don't yet understand what this new gameplay is, and I'm just going to be like, Oh, he's right. right. I'm probably going to love this game, actually. I'm just dumb. Like, <laughs> okay, great, well, thanks. <laughs> I hope that, like, once this little deal they have with, like, IGN first, because um, they basically have, like, r- the rights, I wouldn't say rights, but they have control over all the new content that's coming out for, for Sonic Frontiers as far as what we see first. And mm-hmm. it, it feels bad because it's like, what else are we going to get? And, and the, the best content that we've gotten so far have been like quick snippets of people taking like screenshots and video of in-game stuff. And it's like features that we haven't seen in the trailers and like the presentation, official presentation trailers that should have been shown um, to help again, help us understand what we're missing here. Um, right. But I don't know. It, it doesn't look like this is on a good track. Um, yeah. And uh, for so- for someone who's um, not into Sonic 3D Sonic games, this is probably not something I'm going to jump into right away. Not making the case for you, is it? No. <laughs> dude. Like seriously, the only 3D Sonic game I've ever played was the uh, Sonic on the Dreamcast, the first one. Played five minutes mm-hmm. of it going downhill in San Francisco. I'm like, this just isn't for me. And then I have just never looked back. So I'm yeah, I'm a two think... D absolutist when it comes to Sonic games. I think we've seen, I think the only 3D Sonics that really did well overall were like Generations did well, but I think that's because half of Generations was 2D Sonic, and the 3D portions were very like curated, very on track parts, so you mm-hmm. couldn't really botch them. Like the 3D Sonic part of the first, the first like the first level of Generations for 3D Sonic was literally like an on rails running, like the mobile game where you're running down the camera and all you do is switch lanes a bunch and make sure you're not hitting things. And then there's, like, very short segments that are 2.5D where, like, it's a 2D Sonic, but you're 3D Sonic still. Right. But you're doing 2D platforming and then getting back on the track so you can switch perspective and do, like, that running thing. And then there's, like, a cinematic running away from a fish thing and you mash buttons to, like, do things. And, like, but, like, at no point was that the, the, the 3D Sonic that gives us trouble where it's, like, trying to do Mario 64, but Sonic. Like, right. that does not work. You can't. You can't have a game like that where your controls are so limited and your platforming skills are based on, like, your perception and your ability to navigate space and try and do that at 80 miles an hour. That literally exactly. doesn't function. It doesn't work. And that's the reason why Sonic has that unique problem that most other games don't have. And even in the new Sonic footage we saw for Frontiers, you still have the problems, even in the tech demo they showed us, of the dude, like, running off of things because he was going too fast. Or, like, trying to run up a thing and, like, Sonic was, like, going to climb the wall, but then he stood up and, like, walked a few steps, but then he, like, climbed again, and it was, like... You guys don't even know what you guys want your game to do. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. And 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 making the decisions at that kind of speed and like platforming at that speed, trying to jump to objects. Like the homing jump is a great tool for Sonic to like fix the problem of like being exactly where you need to be. Mm-hmm. But it's very hard to do precision platforming or even decently like halfway precision platforming at eighty miles an hour. Like it's just it's not conductive to that type of gameplay. It's not conducive uh, to that gameplay. A hundred percent. So. 
I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, maybe this will be a better pairing of 3D and Sonic, but the it wasn't a strong start showing, and the response from them is not promising either. Yeah, the, the you guys don't get it just really rings home to the, like, don't you guys have phones? Um, yeah. It rings hard to, like, the Avengers game. Like, we're not listening to any feedback. We're going full steam ahead. Dude, and, and then wondering if... why these games don't do well. Even if somehow they were right and people just aren't getting it, this doesn't help anyone get it. Nobody's going to see this and be like, oh, I agree with you. I don't get it. I'll just take back and wait. Like, you could have given people then, like, hey, we've got a demo you can try. Even if it's just a dumb demo running around in that area, let people control Sonic and see how it feels and be like, yeah, it does feel good to run around like this. Mm-hmm. Or not. Like, right. or, or show people more footage or, or tell people, like, hey, you know, we're doing things to try and make it better. You literally can't look at the fans and be like, what's wrong with you guys? Mm-hmm. I don't care how right you are that I won't sell your game. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Marketing 101. Uh, I'll take my $200, please. I'll mail you the textbook. You don't have to read it. Boys making money today. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we have Prime Day coming up. Another big headline. Um, 30, day, 30 games for free. Uh, and the Mass Effect um, trilogy is going to be included in that, the remake. Um, some other big games here. It looks like um, all the Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, Jedi Republic Commando, Need for Speed, um, Grid Legends, not something I've played for, but it does have like a big cult following. A um, mm-hmm. bunch of other stuff. Metal Slug 2 is in there. That was always a favorite because because Neo Geo. Um, King of Fighters. Looks like a couple of Neo Geo games are in here, kind of mixed in, in the mix here. Um but yeah, it's that starts July. It's the July twelfth and the thirteenth. Um, so if you have Prime Gaming, um, it's a free part of being on Amazon and just having your Twitch account linked. Um, make sure you get that. Do all that because uh, these are that just the Mass Effect Legends alone is worth it. Like or not Mass Effect Legends, the Mass Effect trilogy, um, absolutely worth it. So definitely mm-hmm. check that out. Um, big. Note here, a weird one. Uh, never expected the, to read this headline, but uh, Lollipop Chainsaw is making a comeback, and that will be releasing huh. soon, um, <clears throat> sooner than later. I didn't really give any specifics, um, but I hope that comes back with the mindless self-indulgence soundtrack. I'm here for it. <laughs> so, uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 Restore Content DLC um, on the Switch will be released quarter three of 2022. So anyone who is enjoying that sh- uh, that game right now. Um, expect to see that coming out quarter three and that will be content that was cut from the original game so i'm excited to see that because that will be all rebuilt and and slapped back into the game <clears throat> it's kind of like um if uh, a certain game had like two-thirds of its content cut and then released it and then <laughs> they magically found it rebuilt it and put it back I, I don't know of any game like that though but put it back uh, three years from now yeah um and i saw this headline oh and i was God. actually thinking of claire when i saw this one Pokemon Snap is going to be the next N64 game added to the Switch Online expansion pass. Um, so that will be coming uh, sometime in June. So please look forward to it. Uh, and I can't wait to never hear about this fucking game being released on the Switch again. So, <laughs> because it'll be here. Um, uh, here's a big one. And Daisuke, you might be aware of this. Um, the Metroid fan team is reuniting for an original Metroidvania. A little game called Bow, Path of the Teal Lotus. Does that sound at all familiar <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a, definitely a good game yeah so some, um, someone here is um 
is uh, beta testing the game. Obviously, you can't really talk too much about it or show video of it. Oh, you, you can right. talk about it now, right? Or you just can't show video? Um, I can't show footage of it, and I probably shouldn't talk about like the level design or anything like that. But sure. I can I can generally describe the game, like like vague describe stuff about it, right? And talk about it. Um, that's cool. So yeah, I'm just seeing they just announced too. Yeah, Milton Gossi, aka Doctor M64, known for his work on Ori. Whisper, uh, Will of the Wisps, and AM2R has joined the team as designer. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that That's they really were part cool. of that. That's really cool. Yeah. They're not. They joined... Oh, they joined mid, mid-run. They joined two days ago. <clears throat> yeah. Very nice. So the, 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 the direction and the development of that game may take a... not. I won't say a turn for the better, because it's not like it was going in a bad way. Mm-hmm. It'll just have a more diversified path forward with more like uh, influence from a person who's done sure. other Metroidvania games, obviously. AM2R, which... AM2R, I never got to play it, but I saw footage of it, and it looked great. Nice. Um, I didn't hear anything bad about it, and everybody seemed to enjoy it. Good stuff. Um, no, and, no, I mean, that's good. And Speaking of games missing two-thirds of their content, Halo Infinite campaign D- DLC reportedly not arriving before 2025. Um, just, it just puts more, more weight into the idea that 343 had just no game plan after this game released. Um <laughs> Like, that's unhinged to me. It, this is this is beyond bizarre at this point. Um, I I don't know what what to talk, tell you about. The only Halo content we've gotten so far mm. was a racist emblem <laughs> and a skin for Fall Guys. So mm-hmm. I, I just that, that's the only thing that, like the only thing that's been announced this, this, so far. I, I don't get it. Uh, the, the Halo franchise is not looking good. Um, I think, like I've said before, I'm pretty sure there's probably some conversations about change of leadership at this point or looking at because, I mean, Microsoft's not going to just shut Halo down, but they need to do something. Halo right. sucks now. So disappointing. I agree. It's and it's disappointing because this is, again, a game that I used to be big, a big fan of. And ever since Bungie oh, yeah. left, this has been a, a, a progressively larger dumpster fire with every release. So, mm hmm. Yeah, that's wild. I just, oh man, I don't know. Like, like we, I feel like we have this discussion every, every other podcast now, right. where it's like, imagine having a great IP or a successful project or something that's going well, and like burning it down and like destroying it. It's I, I, I don't get it. I don't get how they do this stuff. Like. It's already like you, like people, people who work, not obviously like the development team, the, uh, the individual developers who work in these games are obviously working their ass off to make these things happen. Sure. Um, or they're, you know, they're, they're doing the work that they're requested of by their bosses, whatever. It's the people on top, the leadership positions again, like a hundred percent, the people on top of this project have to know how this project was received. They've got to know what their subscriber numbers look like right now, their player base, their active players. Like they've got to understand where this game is sits right now there's no way they don't and there's no way you can tell me that it makes sense in a person's head to look at what's going on with this game and say people are demanding more story content better season battle pass things and like content 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 game modes forge modes things that people want to do and interact with this game not you know cosmetics not samurai outfits and shit like what do we do and the guy looks they're like they're like okay i need you guys to get halo back on top what is the plan and the guy looks back at him and he's like Story DLC. And they're like, okay, yeah, story DLC. And he goes, give us about three years and we'll make it. And you're like, no one's playing that game today. Who's going to play that game in three years without right. updates? Like, what are you talking about three years to fill? 
at this point, what? you make it a new game and you start fresh. Because I mean, yeah, at this point, it literally becomes a new game because there's no point in even trying to catch the old people playing it because that game's reputation is tainted now. Gone, exactly, exactly. Like you need to have a new game. You need to have it under new leadership. Three four three studios should their name should be nowhere near it. And dude, I just. <laughs> It's it's there are, there are people there are people still today like Austin's one there are people still today who will not touch No Man's Sky because the reputation at launch was yes. so bad that regardless of what that game has turned into after all these years they still won't go back to it. There's still people I know who won't play Final Fantasy 14 eight years later because the original 14 was bad. That's because, fair. And, and like they turned that around. Obviously, it's an extremely different game than base 14 was. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show you that you're, there's always going to be a chunk of your base that will never interact with the product once they've been burned by that product. Right. And Infinite burned like every Halo fan you could possibly have. Um, I can't. I cannot believe that there's a person sitting up there, probably making a six-figure paycheck, sitting there being like, "Let's make DLC," and then they're like, "So what?" Like put out a story thing by winter, do like periodic story releases like other games do with their seasonal stuff like Destiny, or like how Halo 4 did their seasonal drops of like every week there was a mission to do, and the guy goes, nope, we're going to wait three years to put out DLC content. It's insane. So right now, as of this podcast, uh, 6,300 players on Steam's Halo. 6,300 players. I will say that, sure, this probably isn't the biggest Halo community, but you can still see a trend. Um, yeah. They didn't even talk about the next season this week, these last two weeks. And this is the time to do it. What, what, <laughs> what are they going to talk about it? Um, that's insane. That's, an all, that's, that's from an all-time peak of 20, uh, 256,000 players. So 250,000 players have left. Um, that's yeah, not that's great. Insane. That's not sustainable. That's not that... And like, to be completely honest, like 250,000 people playing is a good number for some stuff it is not a good number for halo not where it is not a good number for a flagship franchise for an entire console right like back in the back in the original halo halo two days halo three days if it had launched and gotten like you know even after even after months if there was only a quarter million players people would be like oh holy shit what is happening with that game mm-hmm. like that's an embarrassment for them not for again i don't i'm not trying to like shit on halo developers i think it's I'm the not leadership either. right um I, just, I know a lot of people, when, when you when you start talking about why a game is failing, people love to be like, oh, you're shitting on the devs for that. And it's like, no. Those people have nothing to do with this being a problem. I'm sure at Those the end of the day... people are literally following orders. Right. I'm like, sure... Even I'm, if, go oh, ahead. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Even if the developers do develop a bad game, and it's mm-hmm. poorly done, it's poorly paced, the controls are bad, the gameplay feels bad... Even that's not the developer's problem, because they right. literally did what was told to them by the people over them. If... If the developers were incapable of delivering what the producers wanted, the producers should have gotten rid of those developers and replaced them with people who could do it. Mm-hmm. But if the final product gets put out to the customer's hands, it's entirely leadership's problem. If right. the game is bad and you blame the developers, you let those developers hand you that product and then handed that product back out to the staff, like the 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 fans and everything. Like mm-hmm. Cyberpunk was a great example of this because Cyberpunk had a lot of shit that was broken and a lot of things that needed to be fixed. And even the development team said they weren't happy with the state the game came out in, and they wanted more time, and they were told no by leadership. But even if they had agreed with leadership that it was ready to go and then put it out in that position, 
the developers aren't responsible for what comes through those doors. The people on top of the project are the project manager, the you know the people at the top of the company. Those are the guys who make the final decision to actually put the product out. And if right. they think it's ready to go, it doesn't matter what the devs say. The devs mm -hmm. could be like it's perfect. They could be like it's terrible. But if it, if it leaves the cutting room floor at the hands of the producers, then it's their fault. I, I can um, tell you that those pe the devs themselves are probably the last people in line pushing for like prioritizing microtransactions and cosmetics. They want to release There's a no vision. <laughs> like, they don't care about that. Like, right. what do they like? They don't care. It's not like they're going to see the money from that anyway. They're going to get exactly. their normal paychecks anyway. Either way, the regular amounts. Like, they're not getting bonuses. I mean, even if they are getting stuff on this, and like, no one's excited to design an MTX system. Like, if there's a bonus structure for this game, I'd be very surprised if they're hitting any kind of any kind of tier. I, I just just the way that this game has been performing. Six thousand players in a, a, a game full of pay for microtransactions is not sustainable. I'm sorry. Dude, 6,000 6, players. I can find mobile games with 6,000 players. I can find, like, Sudoku games with 6,000 players. <laughs> like, holy shit. No, like, but literally, I could probably, like, find, like, an app on my phone that's, like, like a I'm Sudoku. because you're not wrong. One of, those, like, <laughs> one of those, like, shitty, like, just junk mobile games that people play. Like, we yeah. like, like, I saw one the other day where, like, you play as a gun, and when you tap the screen, the gun fires, and the proportion of you firing causes you to, like, go forward or backward based on, like, where the gun's pointing and you literally like it's like a, an angled isometric 3d path and you have to like shoot to bounce your way towards the finish line and along the way if you time your shots you can shoot like people and they fall over they're literally stick figures it's literally like an unreal engine basic like props game where they have like the regular like blocks that are gray and the person and like that probably has 10,000 downloads like are you kidding me I don't know. I just I I I'm blown away to hear that the numbers are that bad. And I, I know they were bad, but like, do you want to hear something wild? Because I'm I'm going to put some weight into your argument here. Um, the I I have according to ActivePlayer.io, I have the concurrent player count for Candy Crush right now. Would you like to take a shot in the dark of what that number is? <laughs> oh God, it's going to be like any number is going uh... to feel terrible. I will tell you that right now. It's it's gonna be like like active players like actively playing Candy Crush right now. Estimated concurrent players, and, and it's I'm, gonna be like six million. It's not quite that high, but okay, we're into some so, big figures here. Two, you want to hear it? Sure. Two hundred and twenty nine thousand three hundred and two players. Okay, I was way higher. You That's you fair. were, but I it's mean, that, a lot of people probably pick it up and then put it back down. A lot of boomers. So yeah. That's, um, that's, there you go. <laughs> we, we've proved your argument very correct. I mean, there's, you could make the argument that, like, mobile games are more accessible, games like that are bite-sized sure. and more easy to play here and there, but, like... Halo's multiplayer is no free. Yeah, at no point should, like, a, a flagship franchise be lagging behind a mobile game yeah. that's been around for years and, and is trying to retain players at this point. I have to imagine Candy Crush is not as big as it ever was, like, at this point. It's not, like, the hype everyone's talking about anymore. Right. Now let's well, talk about Diablo Crush, because you can hey, put your money there. Perfect segue. <laughs> our, 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 other, our, our other gripe of the night, um, Diablo Infinite makes $24 million in its first two weeks. Um, why? Uh, so, yeah, I was disappointed by that number, too, because um, it's just going to reinforce bad behavior. Um, now, mm -hmm. someone on Twitter did point out that it does trail behind a lot of other mobile games, pointing out that Genshin Impact at $60 million in, in its first week alone. Genshin it's, is wild, dude. Genshin is wild. 
The numbers are wild. It still, unfortunately, is going to reinforce and basically tell Blizzard well, that's to what keep I mean. doing this I wouldn't. Shit. That's what I was going to say. Stacking up against Genshin is impossible for most games, sure. unless you're literally going fucking... The reason The reason Genshin does so well, I think, is because it's like it's it's super popular, but then mm-hmm. also there's a lot of like... Um, like... A lot of people probably put some money into Genshin. Most people probably don't put money into Diablo Infinite, but the people who do probably dump money into Diablo Infinite. Like, it's more of a whale thing than and less of, like, a, mm-hmm. a general spending. Because I know a lot of people who play Genshin who have put, like, 20 bucks or 30 bucks into it over the time. Because in their head, the argument is, like, it's a free game, and it's good, so I don't feel bad putting up to, like, 40 to $60 into the game to, like, equal what I would pay for of a full game. People do that with, like, Warframe, right? They buy, like, a Platinum pack for 20 bucks in Warframe, and they say, okay, now it feels even more like a complete game because I put some money into it, which is the same as if I had just bought it for 20 bucks anyway. So I get that, and a lot of people people. can do that. Like, oh, what if I get just 60 bucks into this game? It'll just feel like a premium game experience, and typically ends up not. The problem, well, the problem is a lot of people do that, and then they're like, well, I can probably put another 10 bucks. I've already done it yes, three or four times. And that kicks open that door stuff. of, like, yeah, the habit of, like, well, I've done it already. Why not? Like, Because sure. in your head, that makes sense, too. You're like, well, it's the sunk cost fallacy. You're like, I've already put 60 bucks into this game. $10 on this, on this new hero poll is not going to kill me. And then, like, a month later, they're like, we had a new hero, and she's got a little more jiggle. And you're like, well, $10 more dollars won't kill me now because... Like, oh, dude, have you seen, like, some of Genshin's ads are hilarious, because you'll get five-second ads where it's, like, I forget her name. She's one of the newer heroes from the the newer, not new, she's, like, a year old now, but, like, mm-hmm. I think her name is Raiden, or Raiden, and she, like, pulls a sword out from her chest, like, literally out of her chest, not, like, keeping between, but, like, she actually pulls it from, like, a void thing. Um, but it's very, it's very, like, obviously suggestive and very, sure. like, waifu chasey, like, um... Yeah. God help me if they ever put a, a lady with moth wings in there. <laughs> a moth? Oh no! But no, like every every hero pull seems to always have like a dude and like a younger person or, or like a less statuely person, mm-hmm. and then there's almost always like a girl who is like, and they're not obviously all the same personality. I can't speak to Genshin's character design, but like when you're not a Genshin player and you're just watching ads roll out with new Genshin characters. Every third Genshin character feels like it's another just waifu girl. Like, um, and I think even Genshin players can acknowledge that that's just what it feels like on the outside, at least. And we watched what we watched other games that they were making that are coming out. The Honkai Space Game, which looks great, but Does. there's probably like four or five like waifu characters in that trailer they showed us. Yeah. Um, and then I think the Zero Zen, Zenless Zero Zone or whatever it was. <laughs> That one wasn't so much. That one was more like a Ninja Gaiden, Metal Gear Rising style actiony game, and it didn't really focus too much on that stuff. Yeah, but um, but I digress. I, I think Genshin players are more likely to drop between twenty to sixty bucks in one sitting or over a course of time. And I think Diablo Infinite, you've got people literally just paying and paying and paying to hit the same things so they can power up their metrics and get their shit out there. Um, and it sucks because even the people who are like disproving or not disproving, but even the people who are like doing the work to show how much Diablo Infinite can take you for your money mm-hmm. are putting money into it as a necessity to do that. You've got people like Asmongold dropping 10 grand on it. And yep. it's like, well, it's awesome to see that he's showing you that you can spend 10 grand in Diablo and still get shafted and still not get all the stuff that you would think you would even at that point. Right. But at the same time, they're getting 10 grand from this dude. I don't think they care if he's making them look bad. Like, I, yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like this game takes, 
it takes advantage of like content creators and and people who yeah. are just like fucking gambling addicts. So mm -hmm. it, it's it's a huge huge problem. Um, Dude, I can't even speak to it yet because I was right before this. I was gonna watch a video and I didn't have time to because I got my hair cut, as you can probably maybe tell. Mm -hmm. um, and I was gonna watch this video though. I'll probably watch it after the stream or maybe I'll watch it tomorrow. It's like a forty-five minute video. A dude did a breakdown of like all the stuff in Diablo Infinite and the way it works. Because it turns out once you get far enough along in like the like <clears throat> track of progress that you pretty much have to pay your way through or spend like a year doing. Mm -hmm. Down that track, there are further loot box style purchases that are even more expensive, that are even more predatory, that are locked behind whether or not you've even gotten that far. So there's even more predatory money MTX shit down the line that we haven't even seen yet. And that's the worst like, part about it's that insane. is like reviewers can't even tell you about it because they right, have a small window to play it and they'll never get there. Right. Um, right. And you've got reviewers out there giving the game like an 80, 85, 90 because it feels like a really good Diablo game in the first four hours and that's all they played. Yeah. But you don't see the MTX shop till like, you know, 10 hours and then you don't see the crazy stuff till 20 and then you don't see like the, the, the effective loot box runs that are like, it's a loot box but you have to run a dungeon for three minutes and then you get a loot box. Those are like 30 hours in and it's like no one sees any of that stuff. And, that, you know, that's why you end up with this situation where like Metacritic's critic score for the game is like an 85 and the user score is like a point two. Like, there's an obvious disconnect between the review system. And, and I talked to, to Dark about that over the last week. Like, a lot of the problems with the review system is like, a lot of these reviewers get handed the game three days before launch and they're like, here's the game, play it, give me a review on it. I want you to put 20 hours in this game and then give me the review three days from now. And you're like, so I have to play it for 10 hours straight for the next two days. Hope that I get what you want out of it. Hope that I'm actually even understanding what i'm doing in this coffee driven haze of playing this of smashing this game for 20 hours right and then write a review in one day hand it to you on launch day and then immediately move on to the next game because that's the only way that we're getting paid for this like and then and yeah they get handed the version of the game where the mcx has turned off or it's inaccessible in their first 20 hours so they'll never see it and they're not even playing the same game that you're playing at that point like they're playing like a version of the game where like everything's already free you're already like locked up and they don't have to worry about it oops and then, oh, like, whoa, Crash Team Racing did that. Remember Crash Team Racing? It was like, here's the game. Everyone yeah. played it, reviewed it, loved it. It was great. It's awesome. Crash is back. Then like, two, two weeks, weeks later, into the game's launch, they were like, okay, now the MTX shop is up. And it right. was like... Yeah, it's terrible. They, they escaped. They, Nobody wanted that. And they're like, well, whatever. We added it later. Yeah, they, 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 that was the thing, too, because they went out of their way and promised that there wasn't a, a thing for it. There wasn't a, uh -huh. uh, like a store for it. And then they yep. were like, okay, well, the, the reviews are done, so... We're just gonna sneak it out there, and then it's like the player, the player community crashed. Like no one's playing that. Yeah. Like why would um, you play that? Like well, you could just go right back to Mario Kart and get. Your well, because they knew because like you had you had games like after the fact you had games like um, Choco Grand Prix, which looked like a great game, and then when it came out, it was like super MTX driven, mm -hmm. and people just didn't play it. That game completely died at launch and nobody played it whereas a game like crash had a really good reception and then over time it died off but it trickle died off because a lot of people were still liking it and enjoying it and thought it was like oh you know a great game and everything and then you know it petered off over time mm -hmm. like they got to avoid that initial bad representation and that bad impact in the beginning which diablo did the same thing diablo's reviews up front were like holy shit it's amazing so everybody played it and some people who wouldn't have played it did play it and got stuck with it, and now they're probably paying money to keep playing it or whatever. Um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, uh, and I guess we saw like a trailer for Diablo 4, and it's weird because 
Diablo Infinite playing wise looks better than Diablo Four, um, but people are just like, oh, now like there's a huge distrust. Um, people are questioning, mm-hmm. um, you know, is this going to be littered with bullshit because they know they can get away with it on the phones, and a lot of developer bad habits have started on the mobile market. And then they bleed over into console gaming. So it's like, this is just going to, are we just going to boil the frog here and slow drip um, bad habits into console games or PC games now? And I think people have a right to be concerned. And Zeppla um, of Final Fantasy XIV fame, um, she says mm-hmm. it looks good, but finding out that, uh, finding out a guy who sells dog meat also has some nice looking cupcakes for sale. That's what it feels like. And it's like, right, right, right. And that's, I mean, that rings true. Um, and we were yeah, talking absolutely. about game reputation here. It's like now people have a huge distrust for this Diablo Four coming out, and uh, how many people are going to take the time to invest it, buy it day in, you know, buy it day one, um, and, and invest in it. They, they, I mean, they said there's going to be microtransactions, but we just don't know what what degree if it's going to be cosmetic. And they say now, oh, it's just you know, it could just be cosmetic, blah 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 blah. That can change over time, and we've seen it change over time with other games. Um, Destiny. So. Yeah. Oh my God. Remember, remember, Destiny is like we're we're instituting cosmetic MTX so that we can uh, provide you guys the seasons and the expansions without having to pay for them anymore. Mm-hmm. And that went for like about a year, and then I think Activision scooped them, and immediately overnight they were like, "Okay, that's going away. We're charging for expansions again. The MTX is staying, and the MTX also has gear in it and stuff too now." And it was like, "Holy right. shit!" Yeah. Imagine. And, I mean, look where we are now. I I mean, I I play Destiny too, and I had to pay. I bought the game on sale, Deluxe Edition, just so I could have the seasons and the dungeon key. But if I didn't do that, I would have had to pay like 40 bucks for the expansion, plus the $10 for the last season, plus $10 for this season, plus $10 for the key to get into the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm literally buying this game in pieces like a puzzle and putting it together. Sure. If not for the fact that I made the one purchase ahead of time, which... Woo. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's almost like there's a common theme, and it seems to be Activision. We are. Do you remember we were sitting at we were sitting at the tower, and that one guy just started leveling up his season rank all of a sudden, and I'm like, "What is happening?" And then I went and looked, and you can buy a level on the season rank for a dollar. I was like, "Dude," and there's like there's there's an exotic or two in there. There's engrams. There's all kinds of seasonal gear that's all in there. Like you literally could just buy your way through the season. That like, feels so bad. On. It's like play the game, uh, play the game. Like why? Like the it's more op- disappointing to me that they allow you to just pay your way through the season because it's like, what's the point, man? Right. Like, you're just letting them pay you a hundred dollars to complete their season track, and then walk away. Like, don't you feel bad knowing that a dude paid you a hundred dollars for like digital content like that, and then didn't really like, and not even, like you paid content, already like, for? Well, yeah, exactly. Like you're just you're paying a hundred dollars to get engram drops and XP bonuses and like planet that's, materials and shit. That's guaranteed. Like. That you can get in the game, and it's like you're. Do you feel comfortable knowing that you're like letting your customer? It's 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 one thing to charge them and force them to do it, and and that's obviously worse. But I still think it's ethically irresponsible to be like, I'm oh, yeah. letting you pay dollars for nothing, and I'll take that money. Like that still feels bad for me. That's yeah, it's garbage. Hundred percent garbage. I mean, at that um, point, it's less objective and more like an ethical interpretation of like, you know, because some people do like the well, if they want to part with their money, then that's their problem. It's like, yeah, but if you're sure. willing to just take their money, that's sleazy. And you still have to realize that there are people who don't have self-control and that's what it's preying on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not well, yeah, preying on like, people that Europe will even four cracked... bucks, five bucks at it. Yeah, even Europe and all of them were cracking down on that stuff because they it, it is absolutely like the point of like gambling yeah. and there's kids that don't know better and they get on there and there's like 
-hmm. adults that have like, you know, neural or, or medical disorders or like mental disorders where like they can't think about making that decision correctly. And they just, you know, someone, someone who takes care of them sets them up like, hey, I got you an Xbox and they let them play the game. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, cool. And they just, you know, the, the caretaker left their card on and they just rip right through $100 in packs on FIFA. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, we don't do returns. That sucks. I'm sorry. Like, right. Like, I mean, yeah, there's some due diligence on the part of like the people playing the games and doing this stuff, but we could also, I mean, that's the argument of like we could put a gun in every house and like if some kids shoot themselves, well, you know, that's on the parents, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, but we can still do something about that, right? Like we can. Yeah. Maybe some situations are just are just uh, less harmful if you get, you know, the, the 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 rule is that if you get rid of all of them, that harm goes away for no little like downside, right? Exactly. Like if you take away all the MTX from these games, it's not like. It's not like the games suffer. Ubisoft doesn't fold tomorrow night if you take away like the MTX for like the different Assassin's Creed outfits. Like, or if they do fold, maybe they should fold. I mean, if if your Assassin's Creed game can't make money without selling five dollar hoodie things for your character, then maybe your game just folds. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't know. I I, I just I don't think I I think if I ever released the game and then I went back and made like cosmetics, the cosmetics would either be worked into the game or they'd be like an in-game currency. I can't imagine just charging money for like sure. extra things like appearances and stuff. But I mean, I'm, that's more of an old school gamer take, I guess. So. It, it is, but it, it felt good to unlock things um, based right. on how you played better than just like, yeah, oh, like, I want this credit card. Like, well, even like, yeah, early Destiny stuff, it was like having cool outfit pieces or having raid gear pieces as your outfit pieces was like, look, I did a cool thing, not like, yeah, I bought my season pass for all the way through 100 levels. So, like, for the low price of $160, I got the... I have this outfit now. It's like, right. oh, okay. <clears throat> it's like, no, it used to be like, if I had that outfit on, it's because I did the raid. And it dropped in the raid, which means I got enough drops to get all five pieces to wear. So, like, it was, like, an accomplishment. It was a thing that I was proud of that I did in the game. Mm -hmm. But... Yep. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's move on to some... More positive things. We've got the rest of our show. It's all good stuff, kids. So I, I'm I'm ready to rock here. Um, Final Fantasy VII uh, had its 24th, 25th anniversary uh, stream the other day, and we had a, a buttload of Final Fantasy VII announcements. So um, we had First Soldier. Um, I haven't played it. Mm -hmm. That um, that content was announced. I guess they're going to go, going into season three. Um, we have a new map, and we have Crisis Core a collaboration coming there. Waiting for you to watch this. I'm waiting for you to see the graphic. But <laughs> so, okay. so uh -huh. yeah, season uh, the season three is coming. Highway Star that's getting a new map. Uh, Crisis Core collaboration is coming. Uh, to First Soldier as well. Again, I haven't played this game, but if uh, anyone else out there has, let us know in the comments. Um, let you, let us know what you think. Um, we also yeah. had um, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. That's releasing a game. That released a gameplay trailer, and that's the one I'm kind of keeping an eye on because this is the remake of Final Fantasy VII that I kind of wanted, where it's just a graphical overhaul and not just mm -hmm. a complete retelling of the story. Um, you look like you were about sounded like you were about to go into first soldier stuff. I was just gonna mention that I, I haven't played it either, but mm -hmm. neither of us are like battle royal players. So this was never gonna catch either of us, I don't think. Exactly. And great people um, that like it from, and they love Final Fantasy. This is this is your time to shine, I guess, but I've I've seen people like I've watched some creator reactions to the showcase in general mm -hmm. and 
like the the reactions were mixed between people like Maximilian being like nobody wants this or I don't want this. Like why are we seeing this? Like mm-hmm. he was mostly concerned because the showcase was literally told ahead of time to be ten minutes, and he kept doing this whenever it wasn't like a mainline Final Fantasy thing. Um, but I had there was people like Sarah Key and Mirabuns who were watching it play, and they, I think Sarah Key said she played it and she likes it on her iPad. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think I don't remember. I think Mirabuns just said. It was cool or interesting. I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's definitely people out there playing it. I don't think they would keep supporting it like this if nobody was playing it. But, I mean, sure. I don't know. Halo's putting out content for years, so who fucking knows? <laughs> um, I guess I don't know how they made that prediction. But, yeah. but, no, I mean, it's one of those, like, if you like if you like PUBG-style, Fortnite-style Battle Royals with a Final Fantasy flair, then yeah, go for it. It's sure. probably not bad. I couldn't really tell you. Make your own decision on that one. Couldn't speak to it myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we did we did get to see that that Ever Crisis trailer, and it looks really good. I'm just worried because mm-hmm. they said something about, or someone said something, and I don't know if that was even an official take. So it wasn't really fair for me to go ba- based on that judgment. But the rumor was is that the weapons are kind of like a gacha mechanic, and I don't know if they'll just say they break over time or or what. But if that's true, I, I didn't see any indication of that during this trailer. Um. Yeah, I don't. Maybe it's like a card battle system because we're looking at this piece right here. I don't know if that is some kind of weird like randomizer, and you get those chips to play, and then you have to pay for those chips to actually fight. I don't know, but it looks good. Uh, I'll say yeah, that at I least. Yeah, um, it's impressive. It looks impressively good for a for a mobile phone as far as like a lot of the graphics. Oh, absolutely, unless they're dumping a bunch of FMV in there, which it doesn't look like it was. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that, and then. Um, one of the bigger announcements that we saw kind of leaked the night before on Twitter. Um, and Oops, did I get this stuff out of order? No, I didn't. I'm just an idiot. So we had the um, the Final Fantasy Remake Integrate. That is coming on Steam. That's actually on Steam mm-hmm. right now. That They announced that, that went live the next day. Um, so that's great. So people who have been waiting for this to come on Steam, now is now's the time. Uh, you don't have to download mm-hmm. the Epic Game Store now, so... There's that. <laughs> then yeah. this is the, the announcement I was talking about. Um, Crisis Core Reunion. This is going to be a HD uh, remake of Final Fantasy Crisis Core on the PSP. Um, I highly recommend this game. I bought a PSP for this game, and I didn't buy yep. a single other game for it. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's a solid title. It tells kind of like a, the story leading up to the events of the core Final Fantasy game. Um it kind of goes into more in depth of how Sephiroth kind of went batshit crazy. And then there was, you know, a couple guys before him uh, that were also kind of at his league of skill, I guess, for the most mm-hmm. part. Uh, but it also tells yeah. the story of Zack, who was the predecessor to Cloud and who, you know, Cloud kind of emulated um, in the game um, in the storyline. So, right. That's definitely something to pick up. I, I'm really hoping that the Switch gets a physical copy of it so I can get that. Um, I'll be keeping my eye out for that, and I'll be making announcements of that in the Discord if I see it, because I will be immediately grow out getting it. Hopefully they do a little bit better of a remake than they did with um, Chrono Cross, because ooh, um, that was a little rough, and we're all surprised that that even made made a street date with the condition that it was in, but um crisis core yeah yeah crisis core reunion is releasing anytime between july and september of this year um it is coming to all platforms and i actually have you can see here is it go ahead july to september i thought it was listed as winter that was um 
Rebirth. 2023. No, this Crisis Core was winter this year. Rebirth was winter next year. Gotcha. I'll have to look into that because I, I that's I got it right off of Square's site, so I'll have to. Oh, maybe that. they. Well, they might have pushed up the date then. That's they cool. Um, for the showcase, they said this winter, next winter, and a lot of people were because at first they said this winter, and people were like, okay, and then Rebirth said next winter, and people were like, okay, gotcha. But I, yeah, maybe they changed it. But we, we can see a side by side graphical <laughs> comparison to the uh, PSP game in what we're going to be getting here for the remake, and I'm I'm all for it. So look forward yeah, to that. And then obviously the big news, uh, the final announcement. Um, was Final Fantasy Rebirth, and we got to see a big trailer of that, and we know, like, basically what we knew of Final Fantasy VII as far as storyline is off the table at this point because of the tr events that transpired at the end of the game. I won't ruin it for anyone that's going to finally go play it on Steam, so... Um, but we all know. So we saw, like, a pretty weird trailer for it. Um, raised a lot of questions. <laughs> so... Um, and I guess uh, Hamaguchi, he confirmed, too, that... Um, we are going to be getting a third and final title in the series, so we now know that's not going to be like an ongoing thing, like four or five games. It's it's going to be a trilogy, um, mm -hmm. so that'll tell the whole story. I, I'll be interested to see which direction it goes in because, like I said, everything's off the table now as far as what we know about the storyline. Um, sure, but I'm sure this game will kind of have some more revelation as far as why it's doing this, and then I'm sure the third game will be okay. We need to stop stop what it's doing or something. I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when he mentions it, it sounds like what they're all talking about and what we're seeing in the screen during the trailer is like the flashback to Nibelheim with mm -hmm. the cloud mission. But then it jumps all of a sudden to be um it jumps all of a sudden to talk about Zach, where like Cloud's like you were there with me five years ago and Eris is like I'm still looking for you. Mm -hmm. So and then they show Cloud dragging they're cloud getting dragged to Midgar with Zack. So, yeah, it's interesting. I guess we'll have to see what they do with that. I mean, we already know right. that, like, Remake was a sequel and not a, like, a remake like people thought it was going to be, or, like, it was pitched mostly, and then all of a sudden it was like, well, it is a remake, but it's a sequel. Mm -hmm. It was weird. But, um, but yeah, we did see, I mean, obviously, like, spoilers for that game, but it's a couple years old at this point. It doesn't really affect your actual trip through the game. Zack... In the world that remake takes place in, Zack isn't dead. Right. He made it through his encounter with the people, which makes people wonder if Reunion is going to be a beat-for-beat beat remake the whole way through, and then at the end, Zack won't die, and it'll be the telling of Zack in the remake universe. Because mm -hmm. that would make sense, right, to tie it into remake, because sure. it would be weird to have Reunion come out and be like, Zack died, and then Rebirth comes out the next year, and you're like, so remember last year the game where you played where Zack died? Well, that didn't happen over here. It's like... <laughs> Right. It'd be it'd be easy for them to like, and they wouldn't have to get in the trouble they got in with the remake of like doing a remake, but not really a remake. This could literally be a beat for beat remake the entire way to the end, and then at the last second, Zach just doesn't die, mm -hmm. and then it would be fine. It, like you know, getting up in arms, but it would fix that plot thing. So who knows? Sure, part three would have a lot of work to do though. If that's the way that was going to go, but we'll we'll see, man. That'll be wild. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to well, see where yeah. this goes. Um, because it's going to answer yeah. a lot of questions that we've had since the game first came out. So, I'm ready right. for it. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. We have um, no Direct, no Nintendo Direct, but we do have a lot of leaks and rumors. Um, and it looks like we have a leak rumor that it's going to be uh, the 29th 
uh, of this month. Um, we were expecting to have it, obviously, you know, sometime during this summer Games Fest nonsense. Um, my theory being that they just didn't want to give um, Jeff Keighley the, the satisfaction of having it part of his, letting him be able to claim it as part of his thing. Um, <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, but we did have a big leak on Fire Emblem, um, not necessarily, not the, not the warrior style game, but an actual mainline title. Um, and this was reported by Emily Rogers. Um, so they're saying here that the, the next Fire Emblem is a whole new game, not a remake, a whole fresh narrative. Um, Intelligent Systems, Koei Tecmo, and Gust collaborate. Uh, and their, uh, Gust is a division of Koei Tecmo Holdings. Um, Gust was a huge help with the aesthetics of this game. Their graphics are better than in Three Houses. Um, originally planned for a 30th anniversary celebration um, for Fire Emblem for almost a year. The game has been completed. This is the first time that we've heard theories of Nintendo just having complete games and shelving them until they want to release them. Um, especially with like this year, there's just so much coming out. Obviously, this I don't think this is going to be coming out this year or anytime soon. Um, right. The main character has unusual red and blue hair. Uh, she has a dragon for a mother, like you do. Um, with a new emblems gimmick, players can summon fire emblem characters from the past for their squad. Um, so that's cool. We, oh, we got... I like that. You don't like it? <laughs> that feels like gotcha mechanics to me. Oh, I see what you mean. Like but... a whole roster of previous Fire Emblem characters that you can summon. Right, right. I hope that's not like tied to like, some kind of system like that, because to me that screams like the stuff you see in like the Echoes of Mana phone game, the Nier Automata phone game, where it's like, you can pick characters from all over the franchise, and it's like they all cost money or whatever. Kingdom Hearts did that with their game. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, but it's, uh, but you know, if it's a main, if it's, if it's, it's console like a console game, game see that. then it probably won't have that. Yeah, sure. We'll see. Hopefully, I, not. Get, I get like I get PTSD when people are like, you can pull from the whole roster of like all of the franchise because then it's like, oh no, how much is it going to cost? What are they going to make me do for it? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, maybe you have to have the, you. You know what they do 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 um, <laughs> amiibos. Mm. Okay, that's a thing too. Yeah. That, that's like the NFTs of the game world. Uh, pretty much. Oh man, yeah, that's that's that could be it. They could just require amiibos, so that's even worse, if not just downright terrible. But hmm. the main uh, character has a dragon for a mother. Yeah, you can see we have we have some leaked screenshots here, and I'm choosing to leak these because everyone else has leaked these already. So I feel like there's no takedowns yeah. being issued for this. Um, but we yeah. see that this could possibly be an early build, and the, it's in Chinese, too, uh, which is obviously a, a little weird, too. But um, you can see, like, mm. a character select screen, um, or this is maybe, like, talk to, or like a conversation screen. You know how Fire Emblem has, like, oh, pick this person to, after battle, talk to them. Yeah. You do that for well, 45 like, fucking minutes. And... <laughs> some, some of the characters have that yellow speech bubble next to them, which I think that's usually, like, you haven't talked to them yet, so they right. have something new to say kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like to me as well. Um, character design looks great, but um, again, these could be early on shots. Um, but there's nothing indicating here that this has been all falsified. So um, I'm going to say that Emily Rogers is probably on point and true with this. Now, whether or not this actually gets announced doing a direct where they already have a Fire Emblem coming out very soon, I would say I don't think this is going to be on there. I would be surprised if it was, but... Um, I just think it has mm -hmm. to be it happens to be like a coincidental 
coincidental leak. Um, I just I, I don't think it would be wise for them to start talking about this when they have a, a Fire Emblem just on the crux of coming out. Um, I think it would almost mm-hmm. kind of compete with itself. Um, there's probably a lot of people like, well, I mean, I would skip the Warriors game then. I need my Fire Emblem fix, but I can wait for the a core game instead. So I just I I don't think we're going to see this during the direct. Right. Um, but a couple other rumors that we've seen out there too. Um, I guess a new Donkey Kong game has kind of been thrown around there. Uh, someone said new hardware, and I, I don't think that's going to be a thing because typically when we see like new hardware announcements with them, um, that stuff gets picked up by like manufacturers, and then you see like stuff like Bloomberg pick that up uh, and talk about it. So we usually would see them like Bloomberg or some other publication start talking about that well in advance. Um, we're not seeing that. So I, I don't really see there would be any hardware. If it was a hardware, I think it might be like a revision, like maybe like a small hardware revision that doesn't really, you know, do much. I, I don't see like a, a, a new Switch Lite or a Switch Pro coming. Um, right. Um, I, here, so would, I'll be right back. Give me one second. You can keep going. Yeah, right no back. problem. But yeah, I would temper expectations on that. Um, but we also talked about... I kind of wanted him here for this one, but that's all right. Um, but uh, Twitter user Vishgod posted and leaked uh, a, a shot of Persona um, on a store page where it says that the Switch is included. So um, this is the time to really push out Persona. If it's going to happen, it has to happen now. It wouldn't make sense for Persona to be released like next year or anything like that. Because we already have it coming out on the Xbox. We already have it coming out on the PC. Um so it just makes sense that this would all happen at this time. So I'd love to see Persona come out. Um, I'd love to see Persona come out for the Switch. I would 100% pick them up, but um, it's kind of it's kind of one of those things where we're, we're going to kind of have to wait. But if it doesn't happen on this direct, I don't think we're ever going to see these Persona games come to the Switch personally. Uh, now I do have some personal predictions myself, and I don't put much stock into them. Um, there's just kind of more or less things I'd like to see, or maybe some stuff that kind of I, I would see as far as like, oh, this would make a lot of sense if the timing was right. Um, I think we'll probably see a Silk Song release date trailer through Nintendo. Um, I think you know, obviously they paid a lot of money for Xbox, or Xbox paid a lot of money to um, Silk Song devs to have that trailer. But I think they because we've we've known Silk Song um, to be really, you know linked with the Switch, I, I really think that we're going to see uh, any kind of trailer. I think we'll see a release date trailer on the direct. I think we'll see that this direct. Um, I think we'll see a GoldenEye 007 remaster come out on the Switch. Um, I think that'll be simultaneously announced for the Switch and the Xbox. Um, and I think they'll probably do something with the N64 there. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think we'll see a new a new new sequel to the trailer or a sequel to Zelda. Uh, I think we'll see a new trailer for that. Um, <clears throat> actually, naming the series, and then I'd like to see because we we're still in the middle of like a third. I think what thirty fifth anniversary of Zelda, so I'd really like to see um, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess get that double pack that's been rumored for a while. Again, a game that's been notably quote unquote shelved and ready to go. So I'd like to see that. Um, something I would really like to see as well um, would be a Game Boy Color or Game Boy Advance Online expansion. That would be phenomenal, <clears throat> and I think that like this is the time to announce it, um, so they can start getting the stuff out and then trickling more stuff towards Christmas. So, yeah, I'd really like to see that. 
and then um, we also got a big announcement on Twitter from Pokemon's um, Twitter that they have a big announcement coming up, I think, next Saturday for X Pokemon X and Y. <clears throat> I, I think that's interesting. I don't think we're going to get remakes because they still don't have um, a black and white remake. But I would maybe we'll get some DLC for Sword and Shield or something. I, I'm really not sure. But I think it's too early for a, a remake announcement. Um, but if we see that announcement Saturday, I would, wouldn't mind to see something a little bit more in depth of it during the direct. Um, now, Daisuke had some predictions here as well. And it looks like a new 3D Mario, like Mario Odyssey 2 or something like that. Um, I think that would probably be appropriate i think like now's the time for it this because we've had the switch for what, over five years now i think that that really works um the metroid trilogy now we've seen some, some weird rumors about that again having um retro having the metroid the first metroid um ready to go and then still wanting to remaster one and three or i'm sorry two and three we don't know what condition this this trilogy is in um but I'd like to see I'd like to see a trilogy because I'd hate to see them just release like Metroid Prime One uh, at full price. That would be a little rough, I think. Um, I think they would still get away with it, but I'd like to see the trilogy in one easy to consume package. And then he also has Metroid Four again. We've waited long enough for that one, and I think that that is time to really dig in, really, you know, get that out there. So hopefully we see some Metroid just four stuff. I wouldn't be shocked to see if that was like a last announcement trailer. Um, but yeah, I, I'm there. I, I definitely agree with his, with his predictions. Um, I'm really on board with it, especially the Mario two. Um, I, I think it's, we're probably about a year overdue. Um, but yeah, so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Daisuke Aurora. Thank you. Uh, so I was just going over your predictions here. We wrapped up with mine. I'll, I'll, go over them again real quick I, i'm thinking silk song release date trailer i think we'll see that with nintendo um yeah like i said i think you know with microsoft they paid a lot of money for to get that trailer um it was deliberately left out of that coming next year graph thing that they had and i i think that right, they just yeah weren't able to secure that announcement date and i think that's um I think that's just because that we've associated with Silk Song with Nintendo for so long. I think the, the tradition for the date is just going to be on uh, the Switch. Um, yeah, agreed. I think a, some kind of GoldenEye announcement, a remaster possibly. Um, now, the funny thing is, too, is like we did see, we talked about it, I think, not last week, maybe the week before, um, about GoldenEye getting... Yeah, it was a, it was an actual headline we talked about. Uh, GoldenEye getting a... Um, a leaked website of on on Xbox of, of achievements and stuff like that, right? So they didn't do that just for their health. So <laughs> right. um, we have, I said we'll probably maybe get a new new Zelda trailer where they actually announce like the name of the game, like Zelda whatever of the Wild sequel. So um, sure, I'd, I'd like to see the Wind Waker Twilight Princess double pack, um, some content. That'd be cool. Yeah, uh, a Game Boy Color Game Boy Advance Online expansion. Um, I think this is, this is, like I said, this would be the time to do it. And then come Christmas, they have something that they can trickle out to kind of, you know, boost, boost sales during the Christmas season. And then, sure. um, also I guess we saw on Pokemon's Twitter page, uh, they, they had, they said they had like a big X and Y announcement. I don't think we're going to get a remake because we haven't gotten the black and white remake. 
Um, but I'm not sure what that what we're going to see there. But uh, especially with like Violet and Scarlet already announced, um, I don't think we're going to get a remake. Maybe we'll get. Maybe we'll finally get Pokemon Z. <laughs> Actually, my announcement could just be that they did the Halo Infinite thing and decided to add DLC to it years later, three years down the road. Hold yeah, your campaign. maybe X and Y add-on content. Join the fight that you forgot about. Get it while it's hot. The 3DS is moving like crazy. <laughs> they actually are. <laughs> Ironically oh, enough, really? dude, you can't find them in the <laughs> wild. Like they are like hundreds of dollars. I don't. I don't get it. That's so funny. Huh. Um, but your predictions are we kind of whatever real quick. The Mario 3D uh, a sequel to Odyssey. I think that it just up... feels like time is right. Yeah. Well, what was our last? Our last 3D Mario was like the redo of 3D like Land 3D plus Bowser's Fury and that. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then before that, I think the most recent Mario before that, was it Odyssey? Probably. Like a we real got... Mario game? It feels like it's yeah. been long enough. Oh, mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry. We had the we had the 64 Sunshine Oops. Galaxy triple pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 3D, a limited 3D time All-Stars. Offering yep. For that, some reason. That's still in stores. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing was bizarre. Mm-hmm. But no, I think, like, because what? How old is Odyssey, anyway? Um, it's got to be, like, beginning of Switch, right? Just about. I would say probably a year in, maybe four years old. Uh, Mario Odyssey. Oh, when I look up Mario Odyssey, it tries to autocomplete Mario Odyssey 2. Mario Odyssey it's 2. Like the, top, the top thing people are looking for, actually. That's really funny. Um, yeah, 2017. So we're looking at... It'll be five years this October. Feels like it's been long enough. I think we should see a Mario Odyssey 2 or the next Mainline kind of new Mario, sure, right? Because because usually and and Mario likes to like the Mario team. It feels like they like to do this this back and forth new Mario game, uh, and then like the two like the, they do the Mario game and then they do like the new Super Mario Brothers game, mm-hmm. and then they'll do like a regular Mario like Odyssey, and then they'll do like new Super Mario Brothers four player or like the Cat World one. Like it seems like they bounce back and forth between trying to do like a brand new Mario IP that's either 3D or just new in general. And, like, the DS, the extension of that DS IP that's very cookie-cutter Mario that they keep putting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's... I think five years is plenty of time for us to see the next Mario mainline game. What was the, what was the Mario before Odyssey? Would it have been Galaxy 2, maybe? Yeah, that sounds about right. And Galaxy 2 was... That would have been Wii Wii U. I think that Wii would have been, like, a U. crossover there. 2010. So there was about seven years between the two of them. And of course, you know, Odyssey wasn't announced and launched the same day. So we had sure. Odyssey announcements before we knew it was coming. I think, I think we've, we're at the point where I think Mario should make, I think we should see a Mario Odyssey 2 yeah. or some other new Mario game. We're basically I entering, see... I think, like what would be like the second half of the Switch's life. And I think it would probably Agreed. be a, a good time to tie it in. And I, I think. I think you could make an Odyssey sequel and it would still be great. I think Mario Odyssey, the mechanics of Odyssey still have a lot more to give without getting old yet. Sure. Like I would say the two main things about Odyssey, the mechanics are like, obviously the hat takeover possessions, which there's still plenty of enemies. We haven't interacted with that yet that we can interact with. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that, that awesome, like 2d, like go in the pipe and end up in a 2d section of the level yeah. and do the 2d section. Both of those, I think we could do a lot more with those and, 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 uh, you could probably do a whole second game of just that stuff. Absolutely. So, I think I think an Odyssey two would be fine if we can get a Galaxy two. I think we can get an Odyssey two. I would say the mechanics are comparable because mechanics in Odyssey and Mario Galaxy was really just like 
the gravity mechanics, right? Like you're on planets that the gravity is different because they're small and you could run around them and shit. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I, I think I think we can have an equivalent of Odyssey. I think Odyssey two would be a good move. I agree. But who knows? Maybe maybe we'll get Odyssey one DLC this year. It's been five years. Right. Now the Metroid trilogy thing, like I thought was talking about earlier, um, that one gets a little messy just because we know. We're very confident mm-hmm. that Retro has the one remaster, but we don't know where we are with two and three. So I'm very right. scared to see them do, like, we're just going to give you the first one remade, HD remaster, and then charge you full yeah. price. That would feel I terrible. Because um, mm-hmm. what do you do with, with two and three? Um, and Nintendo's, like, weird enough where they would just put, like, one and four on the Switch and just, like, oh, yeah. that's it. Um, They've done weird stuff like that. Right. So I, I just... I don't know. Remember when they did the Zelda collection? They were like, the Zelda collection for GameCube. Zelda 1 and 2. Zelda uh, Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. People were like, Master Quest. Why isn't Link to the Past here? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, who knows? Did you not <laughs> have 186 kilobytes on that disc we, to spare? We couldn't We couldn't fit the Super Nintendo game right. in between the two N64 games and the GameCube demo. <laughs> like, what do you mean you couldn't put it on there? Right. I'll never understand why Link to the Past wasn't on there. Me neither. It had to be something like... I think Link to the Past got an advance. It did get an something advance. That's around that I, time. Yeah, they got the Advanced Four Swords collection. I almost wonder if it had to be because it was in there, they wouldn't put it on the GameCube for free. I can almost like, say They didn't 100%. want to consume their own sales or whatever. Right. Because what a weird choice, right? Zelda 1 and 2. Skip one of the best Zelda games of all time that's like notorious for being like the, the peak Zelda of its time. And then go to like the two N64 Zeldas. And mm-hmm. it was like... And then they have a video on there. They're like, the history of Zelda. And it shows all the games you have. And then it shows like the two games or whatever that you can. The three games, four games. Okay, there's a... There's a bunch. But like it had all the GameCube games basically. Or, or the Game Boy games, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um But then there was like one non Game Boy game and it was like a Super Nintendo game and it was like, how did that not make it on there? Like right. <laughs> how could that not have been on there? Yeah, so, I, I really think it was because of the four swords uh, the four swords and the interactivity with, with that cartridge to the GameCube. So mm-hmm. and it was it was a separate purchase that they could make sure you didn't just... Yeah. Because I know, as as a GameCube owner, if if Link to the Past was on there, I would not have bought it for the advance. Yeah, so, <laughs> probably that's fair. I get that. Yeah, people but, weren't as nuts boy. about buying games uh, like they were like they are now. Um, mm-hmm. I think owning multiple copies of the same game is a little bit more common practice than it was back then. <clears throat> all right. Well, that's oh, definitely I mean, that's all we have for. The Nintendo Direct and predictions. Um, let us know down in the mm-hmm. comments what you guys think. Um, you you would think that we have an entire, uh, your predictions. I mean, Jesus Christ, let me stop stuttering for a second. Let us know your predictions for the, the Nintendo Direct down in the comments. Um, and we'll talk about that uh, next week if we have any comments down there. All right, so that's all we have for stories this week. Let's move into upcoming game releases. We have um, Fall Guys. That's going free-to-play coming out on the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and S, Xbox One, and Switch. It is coming to the Switch, believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm. Only, only ma- I'm guessing that the Master Chief skin will only be on the Xbox, so oh no. Um, that's a thing. Oh no. <laughs> the Shadowrun Trilogy, that is coming to the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. And I'm hoping that that gets a physical release for the Switch, because I'll be all over that. Um, that's coming out June 21st, if I didn't say that already. Uh, Wreckfest we have coming out on the Switch June 21st. 
Deliver Us the Moon coming out on the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S coming out June 23rd. Uh, Naraka Blade Point coming out on the Xbox Series X and S June 23rd. And we saw that on the Xbox Series um, Xbox announcement showcase, whatever the hell that was called. Uh, that one looked pretty interesting. That was like, what do you think? That was like a Neo kind of skin game. Yeah, something. I, I didn't see who was making that, but it's what it seems like. Right. Um, and the Sonic game that I did pre-order, Sonic Origins, coming out in the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Um, I gotta come over this more often than I can just say coming out on consoles. Um, Capcom Fighting Collection, that's coming out on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And then, of course, Fire Emblem Three Houses, I'm sorry, Three Hopes, uh, that's coming out on the Switch June 24th. Uh, and then Madison, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and that's PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. So um, definitely a little something for everyone this week. Uh, some big titles there. So um, get out there and play those games, kids. <laughs> yeah. And then we come to This Week in Gaming History. Three years ago, we had Bloodstained Ritual of the Night released on the Switch. Um, Xbox, I'm, what am I talking about? The Legend of Zelda <clears throat> Ocarina of Time 3D came out on the 3DS over a decade ago, 11 years. Um, Conquer Live and Reloaded, that came out on the Xbox 17 years ago, the original Xbox. We have Metal Slug, um, if any Neo Geo fans out there, that came out 24 years ago on the Neo Geo CD. Uh, if anyone doesn't know what the Neo Geo CD was, it was basically the CD version of the Neo Geo, um, and you could pay CD prices instead of buying the cartridges for $300. So that was um, a pretty cool system, very small release window, obviously, you can, you can only assume. Uh, Quake, that came out on the PC 26 years ago, and we have the Super Scope uh, itself. Came out <laughs> 29 years ago on the Super Famicom. Um, Echo the Dolphin, 29 years ago. That came out on the Sega CD. And Sonic the Hedgehog made his debut on the Sega Genesis 31 years ago. And we have Maniac Mansion, 34 years ago. Came out on the NES, Nintendo Entertainment System. So, wow. Yep. That was a, quite an eclectic uh, bunch of games there. So that's cool. I played a lot of those games. <laughs> I'm as shit, man. Yeah. But um, so that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Um, we're yeah, we're we're getting there. Uh, so social media, Discord update. Um, yeah, Discord. We have again Twitch, um, Retro Game Dude, and TikTok Retro Game Dude. Twitter and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram. I am Game Dude Retro. Um, the schedule, of course, um, I will be back Tuesday and Wednesday. We are going to be doing some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action. And then um, Jackbox, of course, Saturday. And the Super Scope podcast will be back then Sunday for more gaming news, rumors, and reviews. So I have been your host, Retro Game Dude. And, of course, Daisuke Aurora has been here. <laughs> we do appreciate everyone for tuning in and hanging out and listening to our podcast. Make sure you follow us on Spotify. It helps us a lot. So thanks again, guys, and have a good night. <laughs>